Welcome to the Christ Academy podcast with Jeff Wong, where you'll receive inspiring ideas and stories as we explore the journey of faith in Christ. Okay, here we go. We're in Acts 14 this week. I've entitled today's message, How Humans Tend to Worship. We're going to look at that. I hope you've been tracking along, and I hope this has been really beneficial to you. And it's not that we're trying to sell you any of this in any particular way. Like This is the Word of God, and it's available for us to, to benefit from, to receive insight and revelation from, insight that transforms us, and God uses that to transform the world, and it's a powerful thing. So we're going to Acts 14 today, and we had a great time in our life group this week um, going through this. And I want to encourage you, even if you're not a part of a life group, to, to go through the scriptures each week with us. And we're doing a chapter a week, and we're halfway through. I believe we're exactly halfway through uh, today. And then we're starting Acts 15 this following week. All right, so let's head straight into the scriptures right now. Hey, by the way, guys, if you miss if you miss a Sunday service or you miss an MT12 talk like this, I want to remind you that the MT12 talks are available in our podcast that's online. You can you can binge them. You can go through multiple. You can go through one specific one that you missed. You can review it. Go to the website, ChristAcademy.online, or go to morethan12.org. There's access on both websites to that, but it's hosted on the, the ChristAcademy.online website. And the, that'll give you a link to listen to it right there on the website, or you can go and you can listen to it on, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify Podcasts, and um, yeah, listen to God speak like through His Scriptures uh, through the podcast. You can also do that um, through the whole worship service if you want to, if you've missed a whole worship service, go to the same two websites and you could go and, and watch on demand, okay? And I want to encourage you guys to keep tracking along in the scriptures. Be dedicated to it. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. God has something for you each week. Even if you can't make it to, to a life group or to a Sunday or you're not a part of one, read through the scriptures and, and listen to God through those scriptures. Study the scriptures because that's God's way, his primary way of speaking to us today. And it's powerful. God's word is powerful and living. All right. So let's go and head di- uh, directly into Acts 14 right now. Let me get that up for us. Acts 14, here we go. In Lystra, they met a man. And by the way, we're, we're, we're reading only cha- uh, verse 8 to 18. Verses 8 to 18 in chapter 14. Okay, so here, there's Paul and Barnabas, just for some context. So in Lystra, they met a man who had been crippled since birth. His feet were completely useless. He listened to Paul speak, and Paul could see in this man's face that he had faith to be healed. Paul, Paul, like shouting, Stand up on your own two feet, man. The man jumped up, and he walked. When the crowd saw this, they started shouting in Lysonian, The gods have come down to us. They've come in human form. The next, the next verse, verses, uh, read verse twelve. They decided that Barnabas was Zeus and Paul was Hermes, since he was the main speaker. Before they knew it, the priests of Zeus, whose temple was prominent in that city, came to the city gates with oxen 
and garlands of flowers so the Lysonians could offer sacrifices in the worship sorry in worship to Paul and Barnabas when they heard of this Paul and Barnabas were beside themselves and fuss and with frustration they they ripped their tunics as an expression of disapproval and rushed out into the crowd the next section Paul and Barnabas shouting friends no no don't do this we're just humans like all of you we're not here to be worshiped we're here to bring you good news gospel that's the the, the word for good news good news that you should turn from these worthless forms of worship and instead serve the living God the God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that they contain through all previous generations God allowed all the nations to follow their own customs and religions but even then God revealed himself by doing good to you giving you rain for your crops and fruitful harvests season after season filling your stomachs with food and your hearts with joy in spite of these words they were barely able to keep the crowds from making sacrifices to them how crazy is this guys how crazy is this when there's Paul and Barnabas trying to do the work of Jesus as ones that have been sent out through other believers God commissioning them through those believers to go and do the work of God. How crazy it is that the, that the crowd seeing this starts to think this is, these are, these are gods. Paul and Barnabas had no desire to be gods or to be worshipped. And so they, they decided that Barnabas was Zeus and that Paul was Hermes. How crazy is that? Something just went awry, and then as Paul and Barnabas were, were shouting and try, in, in disgust, but trying to correct the people in love, people were just in chaos, just wanting to worship even more. <laughs> even the priest trying to conduct a religious worship to these two men that were representing Christ. And from this today, we can, there's some things that I think God intends for us to see that are relevant for our day and age, that are relevant for us, the temptations that we have as human beings, the ways that we tend to worship. And I want to talk about that today, that we as humans tend to worship. And so the first thing I want to point out is this. I have two main, two main thoughts that I think are relevant. And the first one is this that human beings have always worshipped things other than God. Ever since the Garden of Eden, ever since that, that the first two human beings, there's been a temptation. As the devil tempted Eve, what did he tempt Eve with? That she would have the knowledge of good and evil, that she would become like God. And Eve, just in her stupidity, oh, I could be like God. Yeah, I want to do. I want that. I want that. And so instead of instead of respecting and revering and obeying God, obeying Yahweh, her creator as her God, she listens to the words of the devil and she gives in to the own her own confusion and temptation within her heart and puts 
these this idea ahead of God, above God, and in essence, worships Satan, perhaps worships herself so that she could be like God. And as we know, sin is like is contagious. It's, it's infectious. You can't put enough hand sanitizer on, wash your hands enough, wear a thick enough mask or double mask enough so that sin can't spread. Sin spreads. It's infectious. And so what happens? Eve tempts Adam. And then Adam gets involved in the same sin. And then before you know it, throughout history, people start creating gods with their own hands, carving them out of stone, carving them out of wood, worshiping things that they see around them, other created items and beings, worshiping animals, worshiping the sky, worshiping the sun, worshiping anything that we that we can think of other than the one true living God. Fast forward to today. We worship all kinds of things. We'll talk about that in a moment, but we worship all kinds of things that perhaps some of them weren't even worshipped in history past. But human beings have always worshipped things other than God. I want to talk about a few things. The first one is that we have worshipped things. Human beings have worshipped things. We've worshipped intangible things such as power, profit, prestige. I've talked about these things. We love the idea of power. That's perhaps one of the greatest flaws in politics is that it breeds power, this desire for power, and it will do anything for power, will lie to the general public for power. I admire the politicians who stand for the truth, but oftentimes they can't get into power unless they lie. And you think about the mainstream media. The mainstream media feeds off of fear. And in order for them to get eyeballs on their content, to get profit, to get power, for the name of the network or the name of the newscaster, the journalist, to become popular, they have to get so many people to bow down to them. And there's often lies that are bad. Not always, but they feed off of fear. And so everything, there's always something to be afraid of, whether it's the environment, whether it's COVID, whether it's this or it's that, whether it's Trump, there needs to be something that people are so, that to make people so afraid so that they'll tune in. And back to politics, there needs to be so much for people to be afraid of so that people will rely on the government for, for their dependence, for their safety. And then people begin to worship these things, power, profit, prestige, willing to damage other human beings, willing to sacrifice other human beings for that purpose. Things. Sometimes we worship things in other ways. We worship the things that we want, whether it's this particular house or this particular car or this particular career, that we're willing to sacrifice God, we're willing to sacrifice the well-being of other people so that we can receive these items. We're willing to put God lower in our lives and put these aspirations higher in our lives. We devote more time to it. We devote more of our loyalty to it. We devote more of our money to it. We devote everything that we can to it because we want it so much that we bow down to these things in our hearts. We put them before God, whereas God should be the one that is worshipped. The other thing that we worship in a, beyond just things 
is we tend to worship people. Whether it's that we worship ourselves, which is a really big problem these days, or we worship other people, or we worship other gods, other beings, besides the one true living God. All of these things are problems. They produce problems in our lives, in our societies, in our families, in our world. It produces major problems when God is not God. And so when I start to, when I start to worship myself, here's what happens. I'll do anything for my own gain. I'll cheat. I'll lie. I'll manipulate. I won't look out for the needs of others unless it can benefit me. If I, you know, like when it comes to like sexual freedom, especially particularly in this day and age, when when we worship ourselves, we'll begin to change we'll begin to to try to justify the things that we do when it comes to sexual freedom and because sex is something that's so powerful that God created but we misuse it and it gives so much pleasure it releases all kinds of endorphins and dopamine like in our brains and it becomes something that is so incredibly powerful that we and we want to use outside of marriage and use it so freely what happens with that is that we'll even well and, and although God created not only for our pleasure, but so that we would create, we would we would procreate. But then we take the procreation out of the equation, and it's just for pleasure. And so what do we do? We become willing to sacrifice babies that have yet to be born, babies in the womb that have a heartbeat, that have that have their unique DNA, that have that have a brain. At certain points, um, as embryos, they they begin to have even fingers and toes. They're alive. But we're willing to say that they're just a clump of cells. And we're willing to put them on the altar to sacrifice to the God of our own self-pleasure just so that we can have sex and, and not have any consequence to it. We're willing to kill our own babies. We're willing to, as a people, as a race, a human race, to kill our own babies. And how do we justify it? We, 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 we change the terminology. We call it something else. Instead of killing babies, we call it abortion. We're aborting something, but we're not, we're not killing babies. We call it women's reproductive rights. Or women's reproductive health. Well, what about the health of the baby? That life. We call it pro-choice, but we're only thinking about one person's choice. The woman's choice. What about the choice of the man and the accountability of the man? What about the choice of that baby? We start to call it other things. And we'll talk about that in a moment. How do, why does terminology get, terminology get changed so much to justify these types of things? But sex has become such an idol in people's lives because the, God, the ultimate God... I mean, there's sex up there as an idol, but the ultimate God above that is the God of self. That we're so self-absorbed with ourselves that we're willing to sacrifice other people's lives and avoid the responsibility. At some points within, within abortion, there's even the ripping apart of the head, the crushing of the skull, 
the ripping apart of legs and all the limbs so that the baby can come out. That's one, type, one form of abortion. We would never do that to anything else except a human being. We have a cat. Her name's Nyla. If she had, uh, if she was pregnant and the kittens came out three months prematurely, we wouldn't say this is a clump of cells that's not alive. That's complete garbage, complete trash. We wouldn't just stomp on its head and kill it, these kittens. No, they're lives. We wouldn't terminate their lives. If you saw someone who'd do something like that, you'd think that they're sick and they're demented and they're, they're, they're crazy and, they're, and, and you're disgusted by that. But when it comes to human beings, for some reason, we don't mind killing off our own babies because we're so, self de we're so deceived, deceived by ourselves and our own desires, deceived by the devil, deceived by the world. That's when we have ourselves on the, as, as idols that we worship. We also are tempted to worship ourselves in other ways. When we're willing to cheat other people for our own self-gain. When instead Jesus has taught us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Not just love your neighbor, but love your neighbor as yourself. And so instead of just, you know, there's a temptation for us to, to, to feel like we're, we've satisfied the requirements of God by just loving people. Well, I have I have affection for you. I like you know I like you. I love you as a fellow human being. But very few of us can love other human beings like ourselves, because we have self way higher than that, and we have others that are way lower than that. That's the challenge of Jesus. The challenge of God to 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 have a a human race, a society. A world where we love our neighbors as ourselves, where we're willing to sacrifice for them when they have needs. Not just look out for ourselves. Not even just look out for our own families. Not even just look out for our own church. Not even just looking out for those who share the same politics as you. Not even just looking out and sacrificing for those who have the same beliefs as you not even looking out for those who have the same racial identity as you. Not even just looking out for those that share the same gender as you. And so, as you allow your mind to be renewed by these things, as the scripture talks about in Romans 12, then this whole world looks backwards. It looks so different than that. We're being pitted against each other. We're being polarized and we're demonizing all the different sides. We're calling them, we're labeling them this name or this name. And there's this separation and this hatred that brews up. A hatred for each other. A looking down on each other. A demonizing of each other. And what is happening behind the demonization is that there's a demon that's speaking into our ears and we're giving into it. But we tend, we have this other tendency to also worship other people. Why do you think in music we call them idols? Because we worship them. We worship them to some degree. For some of us, we put them above God. It's not always the case. But in our society, we put human beings above God. We think we're smarter than God. 
We trust human beings more than we trust God. If you believe that God exists and you believe that he's a good God, you believe that he's a, ultimately a wise God and that he has a plan, that he's all-knowing, that he's all-powerful, then why would you trust human beings more than God? I can understand the people who don't believe in a good God that's living, that's all-knowing and all-powerful. But for those of you that do believe that God is like that, how can you trust human beings more than you trust God? How? How? When you look at different industries, when you see so much, so much of this world, like there's so much corruption, there's so, there's so much manipulation going on, there's so much taking advantage of people going on, then how can you trust people? When you know our shortcomings, when you know that we're tempted by certain things, when you know that we that human beings have their self-interest, but yet we can't trust God. We don't, we don't worship God in the same way that we worship other people. We need a world where, we, where God is in control, where God is king. And we call that the kingdom of God. The other thing is that we worship other beings, other gods. We're so willing to worship other gods as a human race. So willing to worship other gods. And that's what we see in this particular passage. Is that we, these, 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 these people were worshipping other gods by worshipping Paul and Barnabas. They were worshipping Paul and Barnabas, but they thought Paul and Barnabas were Zeus and Hermes. And they just wanted to worship them. Just wanted to worship them. And so if you look back all throughout history, all throughout all different cultures... Aside from what the West that has, has in a sense majored in atheism and, 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 and agnosticism, especially in decades past, what you see is almost every people group that ever existed had gods. They trusted in gods because their common sense told them that there's someone greater, there's beings that are more powerful and greater than us, a being or multiple beings. But for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we know that there's a hint of multiple beings, but it's not multiple beings. It's a God that is three persons, but one God. We call that the Blessed Trinity. One God in three persons, the Blessed Trinity. There's a hymn that talks about that. God the Father, who loves us so much. God the Son, who gave his life for us. And God the Holy Spirit, who Jesus sent after he ascended and we have received, and that we operate through, that empowers us, God the Holy Spirit. It's one God that we need. Our world needs the one God to be worshipped, to be elevated, to be listened to, to be obeyed, to be revered, and to have His way. That's why we pray, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This world needs that. The second thought I have for today is this. I don't know if many of you guys have thought about this that much. But the devil, all throughout history, in every circumstance, has been more than happy to help. 
the devil has been more than happy to help out. More than happy to help out with a human being's desire to worship things. More than happy to help out in a human being's desire to worship yourself. More than happy to help you worship other people. He'll give you what you need to do that. He'll give you all the power. He'll give you all, all, the, all, the, all the resources that you need to do that that he has exposure to. Because he doesn't want you to worship the one true living God. He doesn't even care that much if you worship him because there's not much value in you worshiping him. But he has a vendetta against the God of the universe that cast him out of the heavens. And he wants to draw worship away from God to things, to people. And when we go to the scriptures and we look at it, we, we, we can see what is the agenda of the devil. And some of you guys have heard me speak about this before, but I want to reemphasize it because I want you guys to memorize it because it comes straight out of the scriptures for us. It reveals the truth of the devil's agenda and nature. And it's this. The first one is this. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus told us that in his own words. The devil comes to steal from you. You might think that the devil is neutral. You might think, oh, I don't mind going to hell. I don't give a damn, so to speak. I might even dress up like the devil or worship the devil. If you, if you, watch, if you watch the Grammys or, you know, and, and other award shows, you've seen people, artists, dress up like the devil, give homage, homage to the devil. But man, they have no idea what they're doing. When the devil gets his more and more of his ways in you, he, it's like the frog in the kettle. He gives you a little bit and you can withstand it and, and, and it's okay, but he, he turns up the heat slowly and you get used to it and you get more and more used to the, the, the how things are going. But slowly you're ensnared and you can't get out of it and you have more and more chaos in your lives, more and more pain because the devil has stolen from you and this devil is killing you alive. He's destroying your life. And, and Jesus in his words in the same passage says that that's not what he came, came to do. He came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. What does abundance look like? It's, like? it's like when your tree in your yard is full of plums or full of apples. And it's just as we head into summer, we're going to start to see this more and more. It's just so full. There's so much abundance. There's so much abundance. Jesus came to give us life, to give it to us abundantly. Man, I believe that and we need that so much in our lives. But the devil is not giving, he's stealing from you. He's stealing from you. Can you trust the devil? Can you trust someone who's trying to steal from you, trying to kill, trying to destroy your life? That's his agenda? No, you can't trust that. And you know that he's working in this world. He's working in this world and he's using he's using every part of every part of our society. He's using in some way. He's using entertainment in some way. He's using politics in some way. He's using capitalism in some way. But then there's no alternative. He uses socialism and communism in some way. He's involved in everything. He's using atheism in some way, secular humanism in some way. But then you turn to religion and you can't find out which religion is the truth, and he's using religion in some way. Even when you find out one true religion, then there's corruption 
There's corruption in the church. There's corruption amongst pastors, amongst, amongst priests, because there's human beings that are sinful, and the devil gets a hold of them. Because this devil wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. But we got to keep seeking after God. Just because there's something wrong with the bathwater, we can't throw out the baby. We don't throw away the baby with the bathwater. We seek after God. We seek after Jesus, who is the truth. He's the way, and he's the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I want to share with you one, like a, an insight that, that God gave me that relates to this as I was reading the scriptures, today's scripture. It was so interesting that Paul and Barnabas, doing the work of Jesus, came to give life and said to that man, get up and walk. And he got up and walk, walked. And the other human beings' response was they thought that God's had come down. But that wasn't the case. God, the one true God, was working in that moment and bringing life to someone. If they could only recognize the message. But guess what, people? Not everyone can hear the message and understand it. It's never going to be like that. It's not just about being more effective. Because people's spiritual ears are closed and their spiritual eyes are blind. It's so interesting Interesting that out of woke ideologies, that even though woke, the idea of woke is being woken up, that they're politically awake, but they're spiritually asleep. Did you hear what I just said? It's so interesting that people, it's so interesting that some people are politically woke, but they're spiritually asleep. But they need to be spiritually woken up. And so you can scream in their ears, wake up, wake up. You can nudge them, you can shake them, but they're like zombies. They're like the walking dead, they can't wake up. The only way that they're going to wake up and it won't even be all of them. I guarantee you that because we read that in the scriptures. The only way that they'll be woken up is if people will fast and pray. And so even like our, our leadership has been talking about that. The scriptures, each chapter for the past two weeks have been talking about that. The fasting and worship, fasting and prayer. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do something as a, as a, as a community in regards to that. And I'll mention that later on in the future. But the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And people are asleep. They may be politically woke, but they're spiritually asleep. And the only way, the only thing that's going to wake some of those people up, not all of them, but some of them, is if we dig down and we fast and we pray, we're willing to sacrifice food. We're willing to dig in. We're really willing to press into God through fasting and prayer. All right, so let's go to the next point here. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he also is called the father of lies. 
So two chapters back, Jesus describes it, that the devil is the father of lies. I want to read one last scripture that relates to all this. It's the context of John 8, 44. By the way, guys, these are two scriptures that are so valuable for you to memorize. If you don't memorize the full scripture, memorize the concept that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. That the devil is the father of lies, John 8, 44. And I'm going to close with another... I'm not going to close. We're going to, we're going to finish off the, through the next scripture that's the elaboration, the context of John 8, 4, 4, and then I'll have some closing thoughts in my final slide in a moment. But let's read this first. So Jesus said, as he was talking to some Jews, he said, if, if God were your father, you would love me because he's the son of God. For I come from God and arrived here. I didn't come on my own. He sent me. Why can't you understand one word I say? Here's why. You can't handle it. You're from your father, the devil. And all you want to do is please him. He was a killer from the very start. He couldn't stand the truth because there wasn't a shred of truth in him. When the liar speaks, he makes it up out of his lying nature and fills the world with his lies. I arrive on the scene, tell you the truth, tell you the plain truth, and you refuse to have a thing to do with me. Can any one of you convict me of a single misleading word, a single sinful act? But if I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone on God's side listens to God's words. That's why you're not listening, because you're not on God's side. Let me, let me, I think I'm missing a part here. Let me, let me go back to the scripture, the full scripture here. I'm going to load it up in just a different tab. So we ended up where Jesus said, because you're not on God's side. Let me just get this for a second. Okay, I'm just going to bring this over to this monitor. John 8, 44, 47. Let me just get that up real quick here because we're missing it. It's super important. John 8, 44 to 47. I'm going to load that up right in front of you right here in Bible Gateway. Um, I think what I did here was read you the context. Um, verse 44, let me go from... Verse 37, Jesus said, I, I know you are descendants of Abraham. But here you are plotting to murder me because you do not welcome my voice into your lives. As I speak, I'm painting you a picture of what I've seen with my father. Here you are repeating the things you have seen from your father. So the Jews say this, they respond in this way. They say, Abraham is our father. 
And then Jesus says this in this tense moment. He says, if you are truly Abraham's children, then act like Abraham. From what I see, you're trying to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that comes from the Father. This is not something Abraham would do, but you're doing what you have learned from your father. We're not born from adulterous parents, the Jew said. We have one father, God. And then Jesus just lays on the heat. He says, I come from the one true God, and I'm not here on my own. He sent me on a mission. If God were your father, you would know, you would know that and would love me. You don't even understand what I'm saying, do you? Why not? It is because you cannot stand to hear my voice. You are just like your true father, the devil. He calls him the devil. And you spend your time pursuing the things your father loves. He started out a killer. Once again, the devil still kills and destroys. Continuing on, he says, He cannot tolerate truth because he is void of anything true. At the core of his character, he is a liar. Everything he speaks originates in these lies because he is the father of lies. That's verse 44, a part of the last part of verse 44. He is the father of lies, the devil is. So Jesus says, so when I speak, you don't believe me. If I speak the truth, you don't believe me. If you belong to God's family, then why can't you understand? Why can't you hear God speak? The answer is clear. You are not in God's family. I speak truth and you do not believe me. Can you? Can any of you convict me of sin? The Jews said, we were right when we called you a demon-possessed Samaritan. And Jesus said, I'm not taken by demons. You dishonor me. But I give all glory to them and honor to the Father. But I'm not pursuing my own fame. There's only one who pursues and renders justice. I tell the truth. Anyone who hears my voice and keeps my word will never experience death. And that's because Jesus came to give life and to give it more abundantly. That's the reason why. And so, guys, as you live your life in this world, remember that you're not to be of this world. The epistles teach us that. We're living here. But so many of us have, have become residents, have become citizens of this world, but our citizenship is in heaven. We're not, we're not supposed to be of this world. We're supposed to be in this world, but not of it. And we're not supposed to worship other gods, not, not things, not money, not possessions, not, not, not our career, not power, not prestige, not profit. We're not supposed to worship people, not ourselves. We're not supposed to worship other people. Sure, we can admire them, but we can never put them. We should never put them above God. Anything you put above God has, is an idol. Anything that you, that you, that you put above him is, is what you worship because true worship, worshiping God in spirit and truth, true worship, the heart of worship is to elevate God, to love him, to respect him, to honor him, to obey him. And that's what we need in this life and in this world. And when we do that, everything has its order. Everything has its place. 
Everything becomes right. Everything becomes the way that God intends it to be. Guys, in this world, even as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, the temptation is this. I think the greatest temptation for us in the West, we value self and independence, but you can't be independent and be a follower of Jesus. You can't be independent and live as a Christian. You have to be dependent on God. And then we have to live interdependently with our with each other. And so don't put anything above God. Don't put your career, don't put don't put your money above God. Don't put your time above God. Don't put your errands above God. Don't put your family even above God. Put God first. Go against our human tendency to worship so many other things before God. Don't only, don't only make communion sacred. Make your every every moment with God sacred. Make worship sacred. Make life group sacred. Make your time, private time in the scriptures sacred. Make your private time worshiping God sacred. Worship God and worship nothing else. That's God's word for us today. So God, thank you for your message today. We speak against independence. We speak against love of self, love of things, love of other people, love of other gods. We denounce all these things and we declare that Jesus is the King. We declare, declare that God, you, Yahweh, are our God, that you are Father, Son, and Spirit. You are the one true living God that loves us, that is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. You have the keys to the future, and more importantly, you have the keys to life. We choose to put our trust in you. We choose to follow you for our salvation and to, re- to receive the eternal life beyond and to receive, the, to receive the abundant life in the here and now. Thank you in Jesus' name.